This podcast is brought to you by Toasted Marshmallow Adventures Studio. Contact them at gettoasted at toastedmarshmallowadventures.com for all of your podcast production needs. Well, good morning and welcome to our show. Not everyone gets a trophy with hashtag Princess Amy and Mo. And we want to give everybody a trophy. I've always wanted to say that. Why do you want to say I that? I don't know, but I've always wanted to say that. It's 5 a.m. Uh, yes. And everyone everyone needs a trophy today. And stop abusing Monday because Monday's good. Monday is great. Yes. Why do you think people are abusing Monday? I've said this in my in, in previous uh, episodes that I... Everyone, I know, we're every, changing. I know, we're but that's what I've been saying. That's why I say don't stop abusing Monday because everybody hates Monday and so they want to make a change. Then I want to use Monday. It's like, no, you don't get to do that, right? You either love Monday for what it is and everything that comes with or you don't. Don't abuse it. I know, but I feel like it's five o'clock in the morning and you started off with some negative energy and I kind of wanted to <gasps> karate chop you in yes. the esophagus. All right. <sighs> So get it back together, say something positive. All right, here we go. Good morning and welcome to Not Everyone Gets a Trophy with Amy and Mo. Uh, today I'm so excited um, to bring on a special guest. Uh, Amy and I have worked with her previously. Uh, some of her work uh, background includes administration, clinical background in assisted living, memory care, mental health case management, and skills training, and the county's SPMI population in the ACT uh, program. If you don't know what this is, we can go into it in a little bit. Um, Today, she is a student at Boise State, and she is uh, working on her master's in social work. She graduated with uh, a bachelor's in science, no, science in marriage, and studies in BYU-Idaho. Um, I think on top of all that, she does really cool videos on Instagram. Y'all I've seen the Instagram. It's pretty cool. Uh, when I saw them, I was like, it drew, it drew me in, right? So, uh, yeah, something I, about the energy and the look. Yeah. Presence. It, I watched, I think I watched the Instagram video 10, 15, 19 times. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Rad. Yeah. It was intriguing. It, it, it was. And there's a part one and then there's a part two and then yeah. I have to go back to part one. Yeah. So with that being said, I suck at introducing people, but I'm working on it, y'all. I'm telling you, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, so Jordan uh, ate a lot, right? Yep. Is that how you say your name? That's right. Okay, perfect. Hi, Jordan. Welcome to our show. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me here. This is a pretty cool experience. So yeah, yeah. Mo had lots of great things to say about you. I couldn't really keep track. Can yeah. you kind of, oh, wow. kind of reintroduce like your background in mm-hmm. um, what you're doing at this point? How you but got before there. we start, I, I really want to talk about her videos real quick. Like how did you, how do you start developing these videos? Like where did that idea come from? You know, I'm just going to level with you. The videos that you're talking about, I don't even remember which ones those are. So, like, wow. I don't know what that says about me. Yeah, I don't know. That's, but, um, but, but they're cool. Like, I'm like, I want to make videos like that for, for, for us, right? So, yeah, I, I hope so, that you can teach us a little bit how to do absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. So. Um, when I do do videos, it's kind of my brain dump thought download, which is an ADHD thing. Um a great technique for it, which we can get into later. But that's usually why I don't like think about it because something in the moment just clicks for me. And I'm like, I need to speak about this. Like I don't talk 
or share anything on social media unless I feel really inspired in mm-hmm. that moment. And so I just speak from the heart and I think so that's it's why like raw material. Yeah, 100%. So that's, that's why like totally impromptu. It's like that one dream that you're having and then you wake up and like, okay, yes, I got it. Mm-hmm. And then I gotta you write wake, it down. And you don't. And you wake up at six or whatever and you're like, oh, what was that dream about? And mm-hmm. then there goes all your insight, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just wasted all those neurons and they're gone yeah that's the beauty of the day and age we live in you know hop on snapchat hop on tiktok you know just open up your own cell phone and record yourself yeah and like that's a cool thing now so yeah yeah. it is but i i have just delved into like reels and recording myself and it doesn't work like that for me. Yeah, I, no, Amy's not like photogenic <laughs> or anything, you know. She, it's not about being photogenic. This <laughs> yeah. is like live feed, right? So you're recording yourself. Um, I don't just impromptu, just throw out some raw material. I've probably made 50 videos to get one reel for that last mm. 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so people that can just jump on and just throw some stuff out there and it looks and sounds really good. Props to you because yeah. that does not happen for me. I'm sure I, I've got some that I've clipped a little bit, but yeah, I just I kind of just go with it, roll with it. Yeah. I'm I'm not like a super fancy video editor. I know there's people out there that get real crazy with it. I'm like, eh, I just I'm just gonna talk normally and yeah, but that's smart. People don't say they're smart either. Yeah. And normally they are very smart. So the fact that you're saying that, you know, it speaks of it. And so so. I'm, I'm so glad the topic today is ADHD because all this is all I'm feeling right now. <laughs> if you haven't noticed right now, we're <laughs> completely off topic. But that's exactly why I wanted to bring Jordan, because when I was looking through her videos, she talks a lot about how ADHD and some of the things that she has said throughout the videos. I'm like, OK, yep. And with 27, you're 27 years old, right? Yeah, that's right. She has a lot of experience. Uh, I call it also sweat equity. Like mm. you've been through a lot. A lot of people mm-hmm. ask me, "Mo, how'd you get to this point in your life?" I'm like, "Sweat equity." Mm. Like they, they don't teach you this in school. That's real, right? Uh, so when I saw Jordan's uh, Instagram, like I got to bring that rawness into into who we are because here is it's all about just go 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 with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so walk us a little bit about your journey to where you're at today. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking back, where did you? If, if you would have been able to say, hey, if I would have been diagnosed when I was that age, mm-hmm. I probably would have been a, I don't know, an attorney or a doctor or Gosh, something else. Yeah. <laughs> no, for real. I think um, I had a relatively short grieving process over the loss of who would Jordan be if she was properly diagnosed with ADHD um, as a youth. Um And I think the reason why that grieving process was so short is because through my process of what, you know, how I've gotten here today, I've really come to love myself and that has made the loss not quite so bad, you know? Okay. I'm satisfied with where I'm at because I'm doing, I found myself, I found who I am, I found what I love um, and I recognize the privilege that I have to be able to say all of that with Without considering everything that I've been through personally. Yeah. Um, so that's huge to me. So I know you went to BYU, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about BYU other than the Cougars. And they tend to beat Boise State here and there. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's always the big game. If we yeah. can beat BYU. Yeah. Um, is, is it a big stigma? Uh, I mean, growing up, was that a thing that, oh, no, don't get medicated kind of mm. thing? You know, um, so actually... <laughs> 
was the opposite. (laughs) That was different for me. And that's not because of the religious background that I came from. It was because of the mama I was born to. My mom uh, has bipolar one disorder, uh, fibromyalgia. And um, so that was really pretty interesting to say the least grown up with. So you're, you say these things, but when you're young, Mm -hmm. you are in like, you don't know what these things mean. Right. You just see your mom acting a certain way, and mm-hmm. you kind of think it's normal, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, so like you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, so, but now you're reflecting on it, and you're like, oh, this makes more sense now. It, like, yeah. It clicks. So, growing up, can you kind of like paint that picture of when you were young mm-hmm. and the way that your mom acted mm-hmm. and how? how it affected where you might not have been diagnosed with other with things that you have? Yeah. Well, I think just to start off with, when you have a parent who has severe persistent mental illness like that, where does the focus go? Um, and that's how our family system developed. Um, mom really set the standard of uh, what we would consider our um, equilibrium to be set at okay. the homeostasis, which was chaos. <laughs> which is crazy because I, I can, that's, that's life I good. I see that. I yeah. see that. As soon as you say bipolar one, I'm like, oh, that's chaos and dysfunction all over the place. Oh, oh my yeah. goodness. I mean, so what that looked like for me as a kid is like, mom was fun she was super exciting we did really crazy yeah. fun adventures like Man, dancing on tables <laughs> and denny's like oh my gosh yeah, me up. yeah. Mm-hmm. denny's is 24 yeah um <laughs> and she was super charismatic like people were in love with her but the part of her that people didn't see that i got you know that I, that we got to see was when she couldn't get out of bed for like three or four days in a row if not longer and it was our job to help take care of her um and take care of the house so like i have memories of mom just being in bed and like we'd come check on her throughout the day bring her some water get her laundry done um bring her some food and are you the oldest the youngest middle yeah i was born oldest okay i actually i have a huge family touch that later but um born oldest to my parents they were married at the time um for 20 years and i had a little brother and um yeah some other memories i have with my mom she would (laughs) the most memorable i was waiting to be picked up after school um and you know, that look that the teacher gives you, like, you're ruining my life by still being oh, here, kid. Man. Like, where are your parents? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm dying inside. Um, I don't know where my mom is. Um, so then, like, one of the family friends rolls up in her van and she's like, um, sweetie, uh, your mom is doing some home renovation because that's what she liked to do. And she was manic and dad was out of the town. Um, and she had taken a sledgehammer and knocked an entire hole in the wall between my parents bedroom and mine they were right next to each other to make herself a walk-in closet and she was just like so wrapped up in this project that like she forgot to deal with us Mm -hmm. i don't know if it was to the point where the school called her and they're like hey like you need to come get your kids and she's like oh no and reached out to her friends like she had lots of friends because people loved her yeah i mean she was she was lovely in many ways um 
And for those who don't know, I just I wanted to just let our audience know there's a difference between bipolar one and bipolar two. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. Mm. Uh, most people don't even know the difference. You ask them, well, what kind of bipolar? Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even know there's two. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the bipolar one is the one like you're talking about. It's just mm-hmm. the mania. Like people are just either very, 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 very always going, or they're very, very, very depressed, always very depressed. Right. 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 So. Yeah. Okay. So tell us about bipolar two. What does that look like? Really the bipolar quick. two. Um, that one's gonna have like a, a mood component, meaning that you're gonna be more depressed. You're gonna have the ADHD. You're going to have more of the PTSD, the borderline in between those highs and lows mm-hmm. uh, versus um, the like difference a pendulum be- swing. Like bipolar, when I see it's like dramatic, it's either one or the other. And what she was describing was perfect because mm-hmm. they're it's it's for a person who's bipolar one. They love the mania mm-hmm. that because that mm-hmm. is their homeostasis. Yep. That is life is good. Uh, and that's why they struggle well, so much. Good. I like to be up. That's yeah. all I want to do is go. Yeah. Through. Which, yeah. which sucks because when they get medicated, then they're. It, it, their homeostasis is gone mm-hmm. and now it seems like it's it's normal but in their head it's like well this is kind of slow it's right. boring so then they go off their medication and right. that's when they feel good mm-hmm. um but that's not how it should be right um but that's yeah. weird because that's how i want it to be yeah i mean yeah in a perfect world yeah why not i yeah. love energy mm-hmm. <laughs> i want to go faster yeah no but you don't sleep and then you get you get manic you get uh, i mean after that mm-hmm. comes psychosis right mm-hmm. because you're not sleeping oh yeah um and as a, as a, as a child i mean as a I'm child being exposed enough. to this oh man I, um yeah i mean okay so yeah back to that Jordan. so <laughs> so mom's friend picked you up from school mm-hmm. And are you embarrassed? Are you like, oh, my gosh, please. Oh, for yeah. For the love of God, what is mom doing now? 100%. Um, you know, just being real and transparent about it. Like, it was hard to – it was hard for me with the kind of personality that I had uh, and can, do have. I feel like I kind of developed into this really, like, closed off, shut down, very independent little person um, who's also been parentified mm-hmm. because mom can't handle the little one right. all the time. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, and so I, yeah, I think I did, I did deal with a lot of embarrassment, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I, for a lot of other reasons, I mean, I was codependent. That was a huge thing in mm-hmm. that family is we, our job in the family was really enabling her to, um, feel comfortable in her struggle, which really just turned into codependency so so does mom know she's bipolar oh yeah okay does mom take medication for she does now yeah but But back then she didn't did that that (laughs) we're all like what yeah so she's cycled through many many different medications so Um, during home renovations when dad's out of town is she medicated oh no okay okay she would purposefully yeah stop taking meds yeah get things done because she doesn't like same for traveling she's a big gypsy and that's what i try to (laughs) tell people is um bipolar people to our standards might be destructive mm-hmm. might might be unhealthy but to them that is their baseline that is mm-hmm. who they are so to get medicated is asking someone to to step away from mm-hmm. who they think they are which is it's very hard right um because then you you don't want to seem not genuine to to your kids your family but but you don't know what you don't know mm-hmm. and then it affects mm-hmm. um, tiny humans mm-hmm. um, and it creates like this nurture behavior, right? Because if that's our baseline, I guess we're always supposed to be this way. Oh, yeah. I just remember like hanging out with friends and like their parents were just so calm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was just like, 
whoa. <laughs> yeah. Is this what it's supposed to be like? And like, I, I had the cool mom. Is there something wrong with them? Yeah. Well, I think, idea. I think I just kind of enjoyed it, you know? Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, you didn't have that pressure mm-hmm. to always kind of have as much energy as mom did. So maybe yeah. when you're younger, that sounds a lot of fun because kids, you know, they just want to go, go, go all the time mm-hmm. until they crash and burn. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I see mom doing. Mm-hmm. And so I think young kids do that too. I mean, my young kids did that. Mm-hmm. So what started when, is, is this like you got older and you kind of started noticing like, well, this is... Yeah, I think really it was a combined experience of me, you know, developing normally as a teenager, getting moody, not wanting to be around my parents, all things that were developmentally appropriate. But because the standard was codependency, I was challenging the status quo in the family system and I was no longer participating in the enabling agenda Mm -hmm. of making mom comfortable in her mood episodes. Um, because we did a lot of like emotional comforting and forgiving her for outbursts because um, she could get really hostile, like really, really angry. Yeah. That so, was the side that was the hardest. To so, you, with. so I want to know before we go further, take me back to when you got home from um, the neighbor or the lady that mm-hmm, picked you up. Mm-hmm. What what happens when you get home and you notice there's this hole between the walls? Yeah. Master master bedroom, I guess. <laughs> oh, she got her walk-in closet. Wait, what, that, wasn't that your bedroom? Yeah. Yeah, she um So where did your bedroom end up? <laughs> master. So she she just took a like a third of my bedroom for it. So I could still be in my bedroom, but it was just smaller. You just put like a little blanket, call it a day. <laughs> no, she that that woman straight straight up put up drywall oh man yeah oh so she went out for meds again to refix what she had done oh she got it all done oh. like did she's like drywall she's learning all kinds of, i don't and youtube she, yeah. youtube's not even like a thing maybe i like yeah, i was no. too little to understand like the masterful like yeah. way that she went about it you know yeah. like she got it done and it wasn't even like a hack job I mean, the it hack looked job good. Was, yeah, I mean, it was a great other closet. Than, other than me sacrificing a part of my room, but yeah. I was just kind of like, my problem was kind of like, well, I'm not sure how I feel about that, but mostly, I just didn't like being forgotten at school, you know, and like having the teachers <laughs> yeah. get mad at me for something I can't control. Yeah, and it's not like that was the first time either. So it was just so you go home, the house is a wreck. Oh yeah, mom's <laughs> mom's got fudge, a sledgehammer, fudge sickle, popsicle sticks just strewn throughout the house. She likes to joke, and her friends would always joke. If you want to find uh, Kelly, you just follow the uh, fudge sickle popsicle trail, and you'll find her. Wow! <laughs> wow! So, so in some sense, you become a scape a scapegoat. It was right, correct? Yeah, you know when when they talk about with family therapy, you have the symptom child, the kid that everybody's having problems with, but that kid is really just like manifesting the dysfunction in the family system. Right. And I was that kid. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so her and I fought like cats and dogs. Um, Did you fight the day that you came home and noticed that you were going to no, lose the third? I was you? still too little. How old I think were you? I was probably in third or fourth grade. So you're like seven, eight? Yeah. Which you're below self-conscious at that time. Yeah. So at that point, is it is what it is. You can't, yeah. you can't argue. Oh, I guess mama's doing that. I guess yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Right? Wow. So um, I really didn't start kind of becoming more aware until I got into middle school Mm -hmm. and I was going through moodiness and then (laughs) her and I fought like cats and dogs um and I ended up actually um 
The unfortunate part, which I still have to kind of process and untangle, is my mom felt like I had bipolar. And so she took me into her psychiatrist and I wound up with a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so glad you bring this up. Amy and I work at a, a psychiatric facility and we have tons and tons of kids that come in. And, and I guess the, the, the the thing that is surprising is that most parents say, well, I'm, I'm bipolar. So then my kids can be bipolar. Mm-hmm. So give him the same medication that you're giving me. Mm-hmm. And, and at times we do it. And I'm like, what? Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. No, mm-hmm. absolutely no. Yeah. Um, but society is, it is doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And so this, like you, you get diagnosed mm-hmm. bipolar one, two, two. Okay. Great. Yeah. Be- because you're the, you're the scapegoat. Mm-hmm. You're the you're, problem. You're, you're going to be depressed. Yeah. You don't want to hang out with us no more. What's yeah. wrong with you? Oh yeah. I mean, I was angry. Yeah. And looking back, like I understand why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's not, it's not the kids. It's, it's not them. So, well, so wait, how old are you when they do this? Oh, 13, 14. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I thought 12, 13. I thought that you couldn't be diagnosed with bipolar until you were 14. Oh, you kidding me? Uh, There's a lot of stuff that shouldn't be doing. Uh, But but I feel like somewhere in clinical reading, I've I've read that. Or am I wrong? Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I think there are are, there's a standard best practice. Mm -hmm. But but a lot of uh, psychiatric uh, care goes based on what your parents say about mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And if you're under 14, literally everything your parents will say, it's what's going to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Right, because you don't even have to sign a release of information. Yeah. Yeah. So do, do you do you get diagnosed for that? Um. Yeah, I was. I was diagnosed for that. Oh, I mean uh, medicated, sorry. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. Wow. What medications do you yeah. take for that? Um, <laughs> At the time. Yeah. So they tried a few. The two that stand out to me is I was on lamotrigine and clonazepam. Okay. Clonazepam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> here, how old? here's the kicker. Uh, I was taking clonazepam regularly, like on a daily basis for like eight or nine years. Amy, and, and help me understand here what, what that medication does or what, what does it treat like other than that? It will sedate you. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it, it has a been, controlled substance. Yeah. it's. I think it's been used as an anti-seizure medication as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just completely removed my personality. Um, I, I didn't like get the knowledge and the courage to really challenge this diagnosis. Which for, most kids don't. Yeah. For my entire... So, you know, thing about this, you start out in middle school, you're just doing the best thing you can with your developmental phase um add to that mom with you know bipolar disorder add to that parents marriage you know on the rocks you know on its way out the door within the next five or six years and um you're just rocking thinking like okay well i must be bipolar i am really angry you know i feel suicidal i'm very depressed um hate my parents hate my mom you know so you at this time Trying to figure all this out. Are you on medication and mm-hmm. then become suicidal? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So did they put you on this medication? You mentioned that you were very angry. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you were fighting with your mom a lot. Mm-hmm. So to me is your mom was reporting that you are very angry, mm-hmm. right? That you are probably not controllable. You're doing things. Mm-hmm. So that yells Mood to swings. me, uh, well, we need to calm her down. Yeah. And 
that, I mean, that's, I mean, it makes sense from, I'm not, I'm not saying it's right, mm-hmm. but that's totally misdiagnosed. That's just, oh, yeah. it's listening to one side and not really spending time with the kid right. and understanding who mom is. Right. Well, I just remember sitting in the office with the psychiatrist and mom would be sitting there because she wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, he'd ask me a question and I'd say something and she'd argue and say, no, 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 you don't do that. And she does this. And also she does this. And at that point in my life, my survival technique was give no fuel to the fire because water doesn't help. Adding fire doesn't help. So we're just going to suck all the air out of the room, try to be the most invisible, quiet thing that you possibly can and hope that that will not add to the fire, you know, the chaos. Because if you do start saying things, you're a liar, then the doctor's... Well, then he sees the anger, right? He sees what she says that you are. And, and yeah. if you don't, then you're depressed yeah. and you're just isolating. So you're literally, I mean, and, and this happens every day. Every day we see this with, with uh, psychiatrists, with people that come in and, and it's just so frustrating because I'm like, you're not bipolar. Mm-hmm. You're not. Mm-hmm. Okay. You might be seen as a person who is bipolar, but, but that's not who you are. Right. It's, it's a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of nurture. And, and, and like you said, I'm not the homeostasis that my, my family is. That's mm-hmm. not who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to know, so you're taking clonazepam and you're also taking Lamictal mm-hmm. and then you become suicidal. Are you telling people about this? Or are you just hush hush like you normally are? And I just take my meds like a good girl. Yeah. And I try to mind my manners so I don't have to go back to that doctor yeah. to make more of a mess. Well, and the interesting thing about it is because like my mom did was very actively involved in trying to figure out her mental health, that medication was okay, therapy was okay. Mm-hmm. All of that was good. The only time therapy wasn't okay was when I was a kid and just being honest, you know, how your like school counselor will check in on you and I'll be mm-hmm. like, and I remember one time I think I must have told her, well, my mom like scares me sometimes. She gets really angry. And of course, you know, the parents get the phone call. Uh-huh. And I remember I got taught. They got real angry then. Brought into a, a therapy session and I did play therapy. I remember sitting down with the therapist with the dolls and everything. I don't even remember what I said in that session. But I do very distinctly remember my parents being furious afterwards and saying, like, you are making us look bad. Mm. So, like, even yeah, here right comes now, the shame. Here comes the shame. Tra- being super transparent, it makes me feel nervous and uncomfortable to be honest about my experience. Like, I'm not talking about my mom in a negative light. I'm just reporting what my experience is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that brings up emotions for me because I was raised for a long time to believe that I was the problem. And so I still think that sometimes. And right. I really have to stay present with myself to be like, you're just reporting facts, you know. So to jump back a little bit to the ADHD component, um, what what kept you going from not being noticed as that child, right? Because I know for myself with soccer, as long as I was playing soccer, mm. you get those good feelings, your brain produces it. So mm-hmm. I'm not being noticed that I have ADHD yeah. because I have that. Um, what did you have? Yeah. So I think this is what really made the biggest difference in my life is I was constantly seeking validation from people around me and i learned that validation from my teachers was really good and i learned how to get that validation so it wasn't even a matter of like am i learning things really well like i think i was naturally an intelligent child 
But I think what I learned was how to learn. And I learned how to learn because I won that validation. So mm-hmm. I became mm-hmm. the teacher's pet. That was my reward. Oh, you apple shiners. Yeah. I was like, I got, like, I could tell my, <laughs> my student of the week, student of the month, couldn't student of the year. stand it, you know? <laughs> and like, that's part of the other thing that kind of helped me realize, like, I'm not a bad kid because all these people who know me that don't live with me love me. They think I'm great. Like, I get rave reviews at all my parent teacher conferences like my parents are you know constantly being told about how amazing of a kid I am and you know and I go home and mom's like you're a brat or you're lazy or you're forgetful or whatever um you know a lot of that negative language I remember most coming from my mom you know yeah so 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 now if you know looking back um, how did you struggle? Uh, at what point in your life did you start struggling? Like, because obviously these teachers aren't always going to be there. School mm-hmm. ends, summers, my guess mm-hmm. is, was very hard for you. Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I think I was so wrapped up in just trying to protect myself emotionally and fe- feeling just like emotionally and physically safe in my environment. I, a lot of my memories really are just wrapped up in the emotional chaos. And that's true for a kid with ADHD. Like you're not always gonna have a kid that is bouncing off the walls. You may have a kid, especially with girls, just sitting there shaking their leg, really restless, um, with very little control over their mood regulation. Um, People with ADHD do struggle with that. It doesn't mean they have more of an expansive or depressed mood. It's just their ability to regulate it is um, inhibited. So I was very moody, very, very moody. And I think I was just angry and sad and irritable and crying a lot. And I think that was really more of my problem. So I don't, I didn't have that chance, I think, not that I maybe would have wanted it to be able to identify what was ADHD. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad you bring those up um, just because a lot of the symptoms that we see um, are, oh, your kid's going to be super hyperactive. Mm-hmm. Your kid is, is won't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I tell parents is like, no, 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 no. Like what happens is, is the internal processing of a human being is that they do what they want to do because mm-hmm. they get the, the good feelings. The dopamine, yeah. But if you ask me to do my homework, yeah, uh, yeah, that, that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. You want me to take out the trash? Well, there's no good feeling behind mm-hmm. it. And therefore, my brain's going to say, do it later. Just mm-hmm. do it later and do it later and do it later. Mm-hmm. And what happens is you become an adult and then you don't pay your bills. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll pay later. I'll pay yeah. later. And then you get into <laughs> when collections. The water, when the water gets too yeah, and, then, and then you do it. I guess it. I'll pay yeah. that now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was going to do it last week, but uh, <laughs> I just yeah. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's one thing that I do want to talk about is it's that the internal processing of a human being, because a person who doesn't get diagnosed and doesn't take a medication, you're going to present as depressed. Mm because your self-esteem is low, mm-hmm. because you can't accomplish anything, because mm-hmm. you keep getting fired, because you keep getting dumped, the relationships mm-hmm. suck. When I start saying these things to people, they're like, oh my gosh, that's me. Yep. That's exactly me. And I'm like, well, but, but you're not saying that. Yeah. What you're saying is, um, you know, mood swings. Mm-hmm. Um, I, sometimes I feel good and sometimes I don't, right? Mm-hmm. So when you tell this to a medical provider, they're going to be like, okay, bipolar, bipolar yeah, too. 100%. Right? Mm-hmm. And lithium 
lithium. No, it, she didn't take lithium. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not saying that, but okay. lithium in general, uh, along with ADHD medication, the results to the eye are going to appear the same because lithium is going to like kind of snow you. Mm-hmm. So when a parent sees that, oh yeah, yeah, Jimmy's doing better. Yeah. He, he's well, very he's calmer. He's calmer. Exactly. Yes. He's not as moody. Mm-hmm. But the internal processing is still there. Yeah. And that's what leads to so, sometimes suicide ideation. So, yeah. so is that so? That's what you think is that the medication just um, calms them down. It presents it, so it masks the it, actual issue exactly. Okay, because now you're calm, and what we're looking for is <laughs> yeah. the hyperactivity guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your kid calm? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah but he's still not doing his homework. Exactly. Right. right. Well, okay. and I definitely was a procrastinator. I still am. You know. Um, because there's so much more brain reward to have that kind of urgency and deadline. And when you can prove to yourself mm-hmm. over and over and over and over and over again that you can do it, mm-hmm. why would you do it at any other time? Not yeah. Especially when you get that high, that, that, yeah, that adrenaline rush. I mean, how well, amazing. So, yeah, I'm kind of like that too. I, I try not to be so so like that anymore mm-hmm. but the like i'm an adrenaline junkie mm-hmm. so i'm like anything to get like a natural body high yep. and i'm down for yep yeah wait till you have uh tiny humans oh god yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that'll change real quick i don't i don't know about yeah that. yeah Amy, amy's a grandma so she's like i passed that 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 window <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this this is very interesting information because um, that's, that's kind of, it's tragic that you had to spend so much time just being told what to do and you didn't feel like you had a voice. It sounds like to me. Oh yeah. And that's affected me as an adult is like struggling with decision-making. You know, I, I came from a household where my obedience was the most important thing and being respectful and making the family like look good uh-huh. was really important. You know, I had a parent that grew up in law enforcement too. So it was like, Whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we can't, we cannot be showing up. Like, we've got issues here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fire. No, yeah. for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was just, that was uniquely challenging. Okay. So, when, let's, let's talk about when you did get finally correctly diagnosed with ADHD mm-hmm. or ADD. Who told you? And yeah, Who? what, how did that yes. all transpire? So, um, it was me. <laughs> I in the middle of my first year of my master's program, I was literally just like And you're scroll- and you're at BSU for your master's? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um scrolling through Facebook and somehow the algorithm brought an article to me that was talking specifically about what ADHD looks like in adult women and how often you will find an adult woman with anxiety and depression that depression and anxiety meds don't seem to be doing much for Mm -hmm. um that has been going um undiagnosed with their adhd their entire life right okay so at this point are you still taking that uh lamictal and clonazepam are you taking anything um i was on and still do take a depression medication okay so that's all we're taking Mm -hmm. okay yep but you did you did make it through some school and a, and a lot of life. I did, yeah. So it, it it was just that that urgency, that um validation that kept you going. Yeah, I think I wanted to. I wanted validation from teachers. That felt really good. Mm-hmm. So I you wanted in school. to be ambitious um, because I learned socially that that's rewarded, and like that was the expectations my parents set for me, um, which. So I was just like, okay, that's what I'm going to do because I was kind of tuned into being a people pleaser. 
mm-hmm. early on. Like that's what it looks like. Do you think part of part of it was that you just wanted your mom and dad to like think that you were good enough? Oh yeah. So going to school and all the praise, like eventually yeah. they would see it. Yeah. Eventually you wouldn't be seen as a problem. Yeah. Well, a lot of people with ADHD are going to have a core belief of I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's how you all. I also hone in when people have that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the things that you cannot get done will ultimately start saying you're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't pay your bills. You're not good enough. You can't get the grades. You're not good enough. You can't yeah. please somebody. You're not good enough. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the things that as a trauma therapist I'm looking for is that core belief along with other things mm-hmm. and seeing the you know the depression. Are you more depressed than not? Yes. Okay. And so I start asking little things. How's your credit? That's always, yeah. you know, I love saying that. I'm like, How's your credit? And they're like, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. none of your business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they get mad. I'm like, okay, if it was great, you would tell me, oh, yeah. 720, right? But, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that they don't is in, in, in life should not be that hard. And that's why I tell people it yeah. should not be this difficult yeah. for you to get up. Well, one of my core beliefs is I'm not good enough. Well, and, and I've never I, been I know diagnosed. your core belief. That's one of yours. That's the outside. But okay. I, that's not it. No way. <laughs> okay. Well, so, anyway. uh, Jordan, when, how, did you, how did you get this idea of becoming a therapist? So, well, no, no, no. no what, what, are we, what? Stop. What? Stop with your ADHD. Okay. All right. We're talking about the algorithm. <laughs> oh, algorithm. Yes, yes. We're talking about how she found out she had yeah. oh, Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> okay. So, like, yeah, this article put it in my head. And, you know, I've, at this point, um fast forward (laughs) i'm laughing right now because my life story is just so crazy it's it's doesn't sound real you should write a book because i'm constantly like feeling like i have to bring up this tangent about like oh but i also have two adopted siblings that aren't officially adopted and i have (laughs) um five step siblings and and a partridge in a pear tree and a partridge in a pear tree and I was married for six years because I got married at 18 and what? divorced, yeah, by 25. So um, anyway, whatever. The point, the point wow. of this. Episode two, right? Part two. <laughs> oh, she's all about part. She'll forget about this one. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, in, at the beginning of this marriage, you know, essentially I'm looking for a man to rescue me because I don't believe that I can do it. I don't believe I as a woman can take care of myself. You're not good enough. And you're not good yeah. enough. Yeah. And that I need a man to take care of me. And I think I found just the first nicest guy to marry. Um, and I, I don't regret it because he made a safe place for me to find myself and grow up. Um, it was just kind of unfortunate that it took that long for me to be like, whoa, like we should have just been friends <laughs> and yeah. this shouldn't have happened, you know, like, and everybody told me they're like, nah, you shouldn't get married this young, but y'all couldn't tell me anything. Uh, that I wish that would have been my mistake when I was 18, you know, yeah. like getting married. I, I did a lot of shit. You know, shit. It, 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 I think it did. It kept me safe in a lot of ways. It created an environment for me to discover myself, but also within that time, I was super into mental health. You know, I was like, I want to get my bachelor's degree. So that whole time I was married, I was just working on my bachelor's program. And um, and mostly... Did your husband give you validation? Like, did he make that that uh, core value of not being enough a little bit, like, less intense? Did that... What is that what made you safe? I think it was... The, the safety wasn't that he was doing that for me because that was actually a big problem of something that was missing. Um, mm. I think... 
what made it safe was just the absence of chaos and getting bills paid and having time and space to focus. <laughs> Which oh, is okay. the irony of, of things is he's doing the things that perhaps, you know, we don't do as ADHD. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it, did you study that because you knew that you were that like, like, I'm not saying mess up in a bad way, mm-hmm. but you studied something that you felt like it was your, yeah. your, your crutch, right? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get into the field initially because I was like, man, like, I don't even know that I should have kids because I don't know how to be a mom. Like, and what if they get bipolar? Like at that time, I was like, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen to anybody. Um, and I was like, I may not have kids because of this. I don't even know if I'm going to have a successful marriage because, you know, my parents' marriage fell apart. And I was like, I, I just cannot risk me doing this to my kids. And remember, keep in mind, I thought I was bipolar too. Right. So I'm like, I'm going to destroy my children. I know what that feels like. So I'm not doing it. But I'm proud of you for being able to make that decision. But how do you even come up with that? Like, I remember in college, I'm like, we're here to party. Like, Mm -hmm. that that major is very specific. Like, did did you knew knew right away or did you just stumble? I started I started my program in creative writing. So I love writing. Okay. Um, so I was like, I'm going to be an you author. You should write a book, see? You yeah, should write a book. It's, it's okay, planned. so let's talk about how she found out okay, okay, okay. she got ADHD. Well, I'm just trying to help the audience understand how ADHD... <laughs> I'm trying to let the audience hear the answer. So, um, where were we? Yes, you, you found out you had ADHD. It was you. You were in mm-hmm. Master's BSU. Mm-hmm. She started studying. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I this this crazy tangent, I try to wrap this up as quickly as possible. Um, it Within the safe environment of, you know, this marriage, I'm focusing more towards mental health at first with the purpose of I just want to educate myself so I can be a good wife and a good mom. Um, and in that process, got involved in the National Alliance of Mental Illness, NAMI. Um, oh, yeah. I had a friend, a family friend that was like, hey, I want to be a NAMI instructor for family to family program, which is um, NAMI's all about peer programs. So family to family is people who are family members of somebody with um, severe mental illness um, and people can be taught to instruct basically these groups just right out of the manual. So I was like, all right, great. Yeah, I'd love to go. I want to be I want to do this. I want to be a peer for people. And in that process, they talk about like, challenging your diagnosis and i was like yes wait what (laughs) so like i could take a second and be like "Mm, this doesn't feel right like i don't believe this at all and i did and so i was like all right well i guess when i get home from this training i'm gonna go talk to my doctor yeah my counselor and be like hey (laughs) i don't think i have bipolar it's about to go and you know what they said so they did the little thing and they're like you're right you don't have it and i was like Oh. You're fired. That's what I would have been. There, and I here, want all my money Here's back. what they said. They said, well, I just really like, I'm not going to say the psychiatrist's name. Um, I just really, like, I know blank blank's name mm-hmm. and I trust him. So I just took it. So they never did the screening to double check. Yeah. You know, but- they hear this whole story. Like, I have to tell my life story. And they, they're all just like, mm-hmm, okay, yeah. And because... So and so psychiatrist said that you do. Then we're not even gonna. And the longer you take you say to tell your story, the more bipolar you are. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's that's one of the things. Yeah. If you just don't stop talking. Right. They're like, whoa, she's just sharing so much. Yeah. Trauma, like. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean that's the that's the, that's the thing is mm-hmm. if you don't know how to speak to a a doctor, mm-hmm. 
and you're wired to believe that you're a certain way, you're going to keep repeating the same thing over and over and over and you're going to get the same results. So, yeah. which means you're bipolar mm -hmm. unless something happens, mm -hmm. right? I almost got fired from a, a job that I was very good at, mm -hmm. but I couldn't do the notes. I yeah. hated doing the notes. Mm -hmm. I still do, right? But I still, I do them because I'm medicated now. Right. And you say, Mo, if you don't go right now and see the psychologist, you're fired mm -hmm. because you're very good at your job. But if you don't notate what you do, we don't get paid. Right. And that changed my whole life. Yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah. So to me personally, being medicated from coming from a Mexican family, a culture mm -hmm. where if you take it, you're crazy. Mm -hmm. It took everything out of me. Yeah. Because now I'm going to take this medication and it's going to say I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. What am I going to tell my parents that I'm medicated now? Yeah. Um, and I think initially that was kind of the vibe until they saw yeah. the results. Right. Like, whoa, wow, I'm holding a conversation with you. Right. Whoa, you're looking at me in the eyes. Yeah. Whoa, okay. There's all right. Take more of that meds. And now my yeah. family's like, <laughs> take the meds. Even Amy noticed it oh, when I'm not. It's like, goodness. take the meds mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I'm just scatterbrained. I'm just kind of, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I know I, I, I. And it makes me anxious <laughs> and irritable. I'm like, can you just go do the med thing and then come back in like 45 minutes to an hour? Yeah. <laughs> Make it an hour. Make it an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are we going to take this ADHD, Jordan? Like, where do you, what do you want to do with it? Like in terms, cause you're going to be a counselor. Mm -hmm. All the little mistakes that you've seen uh, us make as a society, mm -hmm. we can still be doing them right in theory. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. Human. yeah so how, that's why it's called a practice. Yeah. But as, as a therapist, like when people ask me like, how do you get here? I'm like, so equity. I suck. I suck <laughs> at life. Uh, but that's what makes me good. And what yeah. I hear is I think good therapists have this significant history of events that creates a lot of insight. Yeah. Um, so what are we going to do with it? Like, what are you mm -hmm. going to, what do you want to do with that? Well, I think one thing that I wanted to say before we move past that, you said a lot of therapists get into this profession because of the things they've experienced. And with that being said, along with the theme of there's a lot of mistakes being made in the practice, I think it's important for people who have had, you know, had life experiences that brought them to this profession, just like it has for me, they need to do the work. They need to take care of themselves. This isn't about you becoming uh, like this power dynamic because there is that power differential, right? People are really going to like look to you and use people to validate yourself or to work through your own problems. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have been very, very careful and mindful of, am I taking care of myself? Mm -hmm. Am I doing all the work? Is this about me or is it about my people? Absolutely. Um, and I think as a social worker, that's um, a mindset that we're encouraged to have anyway, but I think the more trauma and craziness and, yeah, you know, yeah. fun backstory that you have. Exactly. Um, no, I you agree. You need to be even more aware of that and be willing to accept if you find that maybe this has more to do with me and maybe I need more help or need to do more work back away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Amy and I have sat in, 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 in at the hospital and we ask people hey what do you want a little like humans what do you want to do and they're like oh i want to do what you do i want to be a nurse or and i'm like well why do you want to do that because i want to help mm -hmm. and, and it goes back to what you were saying is don't become something based on your core belief yeah 
I became a social worker because it was the easiest major available in college. So I didn't go after it saying, I want to help. I became this because life brought me here. And when people go after a certain profession based on their core belief, it leads to depression. It leads to uh, like uh, this unfulfilledness of a human being. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Don't go in it because... It's not going to work at the end of the day. Right. It's just not. I mean, let's let's talk about for a minute. If you are wanting to go into what we call a helping profession just because you want to help, I think maybe maybe you need to dig a little deeper than that, right? Um, and in this process, I've discovered I'm like, no, I really don't really worry so much about changing the world because I know I can't. I know that what I the work that I do with each individual person in each moment is enough. But really, I'm just led by my passion. I love it. Love it. I'm yeah. so fascinated by the mm-hmm. research. And that's what kept me in there. Because I certainly could have been led by that core belief of like, oh, my God, I don't feel enough. It makes me feel so good to focus on other people's mm-hmm. problems and to help them. Because that that like upholds me where I don't have to make changes. I can mm-hmm. just change other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. And that I would have gotten burned out like it was hard and, yeah. you know, add ADHD into it. Like that doesn't make your easy, your studies yeah. easy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And initially so, it does. It does the like hype of doing things. Yeah. Give it three months. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. So it got to the point where I was like, I'm definitely being led by passion and curiosity and interest. See, I really, I really appreciate you saying that comment because I, you know, I've, I, I talk about nursing and people are like, oh, you're such a good nurse. You're such a good nurse. I'm like, no, I'm just passionate about what I do. Mm-hmm. It's just that I have a skill set. Right. But I would be good at anything that I was passionate about. Yes. So that's that's the difference. Yeah. Like I, I am good at what I do because I really want that. Yeah. And and I've done the work. Right. And I've had the experiences and I know I know the difference between what right and right. wrong. And I want, I, you know, I, I have the same philosophy. Like, I mean, we can't, you know, we have a better chance at saving the whales than we do the world. Mm-hmm. But we can help people. We, we can be the divine intervention yeah. in that moment where life brings you to. Yeah. So I really appreciate that comment. I also wanted to know, because I've kind of been stuck on this, this ADHD and how you mm-hmm. discovered it with this this thing that this algorithm when you oh, went yeah. through. For ADHD for women, mm-hmm. Can you give us like some bullet points of what that looks like so that our listeners are like, well, okay, bipolar for women, you know, like, let Mm -hmm. me look more into it. But what are these key features that might, you might have read where you're like, bing, the light bulb went off. Yeah. That's it. That's (laughs) it. I'm going to challenge. I'm challenging my mental health illness. Yeah. So um, as a precursor and disclaimer, I would say before worrying about whether or not you have an ADHD diagnosis, I would definitely say go see a counselor, psychiatrist, provider. They have the tools to have you diagnosed and um, everybody should be consulting the DSM. However, there are some traits that are common and the most interesting part about ADHD in women, whether, uh, you know, little girls are more likely to present as inattentive. So their mind's wandering, they're very chatty, they're lost in their thoughts, you're talking to them and they're just not responding and it seems very behavioral-like almost like oppositional, like, why are you not paying attention? And then you're doing these impulsive things. And I think in some of the female clients that I see that have ADHD, they um, can be impulsive in a way where it's more like self-harm focus, where they'll like slap their arm or bite their arm. 
um, because they're just like, they can't deal with whatever emotional or physical energy they're, they're experiencing in the moment. And it's not about, I want to hurt myself. It's, I don't know what to do, but I'm going to get in trouble if I punch somebody or start running around in the room. So I'm just going to bite my arm because that's what I've learned. Um, moving forward to adult women, depression, anxiety. Um, in my experience, I would say the anxiety it's important to identify is, is this anxiety about all sorts of different things all the time, no matter what, or is this anxiety about the to-do list that is a million items long and anxiety about what's going to happen when you yet again, don't get this thing done. Yeah. And, you and is it the to-do to do list you create for yourself? Well, and, and, and the problem is that if, if you don't tell somebody how to do a, a to-do list, then what happens is you say, well, do a to-do list and you do, well, play video games at first, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> but like, you know, like eating second and then the things that you should do are towards the bottom mm -hmm. and then your brain will say, wow, I feel good. I got five out of the 10 accomplished, but the five that you should have done, you don't do. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's important to to do the to-do list and do the ones that you don't want to do or should okay. be at the very, very top. Well, and here's the other part that would be a good identifier is have you actually ever sat down to do a to-do list and then wrote a schedule before you got distracted? Like, do you even know how to do that or what that feels like? I don't. I, I keep the to-do list in my head, but it doesn't work very well because I like the way that ADHD affects your brain, you are not good at organizing that kind of stuff in your mind. That's why it's such a disaster. But other things to look for, losing things all the time in ridiculous places and it could have been set down like two seconds ago and it's just gone object permanence if it's out of sight out of mind you don't even know you lost it until you find it like the other day i found um my water bottle in my closet amidst my shoes i don't remember how it got there sometimes i feel like <laughs> i like my house is haunted because cabinets are open and things are all over the place and why is my phone in the refrigerator like I somebody's lose, I lose out my to phone get all the time me. in my hand. I got my phone. I <laughs> See, can't buy like, my phone. The medical side of me wants to be like, can we check her blood sugar? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What, what does her vital signs look like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So losing stuff all the time. Um, keys, uh, phone, wallet. Um, other things would be being very forgetful. Like you're ability to conceptualize time is so effed up it's just unbelievable like how you could agree to do two things at once when you know they're the exact same time but your brain is almost like it's operating on multiple different timelines so for some reason it makes sense that you could go to both places before we started this episode i said this is how you need to describe adhd and it, it describes amy <laughs> Eight. Oh. Amy, is this the day that we discover you? <laughs> I'm literally appalled at that comment. <laughs> That's yeah, funny. Yeah, Amy, Amy like can that. do 10 things at once. I can. Yeah. I am a great multitasker. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't juggle well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what else? Wait, wait, was this like a meaning to, for, for like this is, diagnosing uh, Amy? Like this is an intervention. intervention for Amy. <laughs> the psycho-evaluation of Amy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. No. <laughs> and that, that's important to bring up is all of these things can be things that are normal, like struggling to focus. That's normal. It happens. Um, actually, it's way more normal than you would even want to know. But that's not what characterizes ADHD. It's just one of those things. Right. But that's what we focus on. Um, 
I'm trying to think of all the other moodiness, like irritability, just really easily irritable, um, struggle, struggling with regulating emotions. Which then creates a lot of the broken relationships yes. that I talk about because you just seem as moody as when I want to talk, mm-hmm. you listen. But when you want to talk, you're boring. Mm-hmm. You already told me this. Can you, oh, and then you get angry. Hey, yeah. you already told me this. Stop telling me the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So then people are like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of broken relationships. Right. Just having a really hard time being present to show up for people, even if you want to be like, oh, my gosh, how many times have I left this room and planet during a conversation that I really want to be in? And like over time as an adult woman, I just learned to mask all that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's been really interesting piecing apart like am I things that I thought were just part of like my quirky personality that just made me a hot mess dumpster fire. No, that's actually ADHD. And you're pretty badass. Yeah. And I can relate to that because I've always <laughs> felt like I was I was stupid. I was yeah. dumb. And, and and throughout, I mean, middle school, high school, graduated, I told mm-hmm. you, 1.8 GPA, 2.0 GPA mm-hmm. out of out of college. And, and those are the GPAs required, mm-hmm. the least required to, to pass. Mm-hmm. And that's the least thing that I did. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to do as m- the little as possible to get it done. And then my master's yeah. got medicated, 3.9. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a... Yep. Because, so, yeah. So, yeah. It, it's not what medication can do. Mm-hmm. I wish we had the time to talk also about... I know, about, that's what I'm talking about. Like, the, like I really want to talk about what the medication or not mm-hmm. using medication, what's the non-pharmacological like things that we can mm-hmm. try before going to meds because people are so... Mm-hmm. The only people that meds. I know that are against meds are people who have struggled with chemical dependency. So yeah, that's going to be, that would be like a whole nother, yeah. another, yeah. but that's been episode. my experience is yeah. people are so anti ADHD medication because they have a past history of substance abuse. People uh-huh. who don't, they, they, they don't need to have it. So mm-hmm. when they try, oh yeah, this helps. Great. But a person who has struggled with chemical dependency will see it as, oh no, because it's a control substance and it would lead to me doing it and doing it and doing right. it and i'm like well no that's that's right. not, that's not necessarily true. true well here's the other thing that i think is really important is to separate adhd as a diagnosis from things like anxiety or anxiety yes those are spectrumy emotion things that everybody's gonna feel adhd is a neurodevelopmental disorder like can you repeat that i want people to hear that adhd <laughs> is a neurodevelopmental uh disorder you're yeah. neurodivergent you don't have the same amount of dopamine in your prefrontal cortex that you need. And that's 100% why you're just a disorganized mess. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you do have ADHD, and I learned this yesterday, that if that is the true, you need to get up early. Because that's when you possess the most dopamine in the, throughout the day. And throughout the day, it gets smaller, smaller, yeah. smaller, smaller. That's and true. then what happens is your tolerance level gets lower and lower and lower. Yeah. And the more that happens, the more tired you get, the more things you don't want to do. Yeah. So when I meet people who are ADHD and they're telling me they're waking up, I don't know, tw- uh, 10, mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, come talk to me in six months, not even three months when you're very depressed. Mm-hmm. Because that's 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 what you're doing. So um, kind of wrapping this up, mm-hmm. Jordan, um, what is it that you, what your focus now, are you, are you wanting to deal more in, um, with people that are misdiagnosed and try to help them? Um, cause you've been through, <clears throat> you've experienced many different avenues. Mm-hmm. Like you want to do marital 
counseling. And- yeah, you know, I think I started out with an idea of what I'm really interested in. Uh, interested in. Um, and I'm just kind of being led by my experiences and what interests me at the time because also that's just a lot more functional with ADHD is like if you can harness matching like your the ways you can make money or show up in the world and spend time doing something valuable um, with what you're really curious about, then go do it, like whatever that is. But right now, my experience is working with teenagers and um, kids. And honestly, I think it's the one thing that is needed Mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. in our community is therapists who have the patience, the ability to connect with them who can go up against parents. I think that's yeah. the biggest thing oh my gosh. who can go up to these parents and mm-hmm. say, listen, <laughs> well, we're getting go- it wrong. Yes. Right. Let's fix this. Right. Yeah. So I think first. like if I bring value to, well, I know I bring value, but that value add is I have a unique perspective of how can I help your teenager not hate you? Yeah. Because you don't know how to handle their mental illness yeah. or their developmental phase. Yeah. You know, and vice versa, like trying to help kids understand like, man, your parent is still trying to deal with their inner child, man. Mm -hmm. Like they're parenting their inner child. They don't even see you. They think they do, but they're parenting their inner child. And it's generations of all this same stuff over and over. Like that's what I found in my journey through education is there's generational patterns of problems here, plus mental illness. So how can we educate ourselves to navigate that? But aside from that, my biggest focus, and you had asked this, what are the options non-pharmacologically speaking for people with ADHD? And I think this is the most important thing I could say is learning to focus your attention on the behavior component and learning those habits and patterns of being that works for the way that your brain's wired because this world is not designed for a neurodivergent brain i i would argue the world's not designed for anybody to be successful right now Um, (laughs) i agree agree. but for real like if you think about what our work days look like um the hours that we tend to work how often we work all of this it really just doesn't make a whole lot of sense eight hours of sustained focus for anyone like that's that's actually not developmentally sound for anyone but okay so speaking about an adhd person you shouldn't be doing more than 25 minutes of focused work at a time honestly give yourself five minutes i'm gonna record this and take it to my boss and say hey boss listen to this yeah i I can't do 45 minute groups anymore 25 Excellent. Well, um, thank you for coming to our show. There's yeah. so much valuable information that you have. I really liked you sharing your story with us. It's very cool. And a little shout out um, to Limitless Life Counseling, um, where yes. you are uh, an intern right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to work there for them when, when yeah. they when they opened. So I think we hold that uh, connection. And, uh, you know, if they listen to us, mm-hmm. a shout out to them. Limitless Life Counseling. In so Meridian. we can find you on Instagram at... Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of working on developing my brand. Like Mo said, I'd like to get into 
life coaching, um, see the, where that takes me. But right now my platform on Instagram is called the Sagittarius because I am a Sagittarius and I find Zodiac oh. stuff just quite interesting. I do too. And then can they also like find you at Limitless Counseling? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will be sending you people. <laughs> so, yeah. so come find her. She's got a lot of information. I love teenagers. On, on ADHD mm-hmm. and plenty of other resourceful information and yeah. are you doing face-to-face so. or um just face-to-face yeah okay. good mm-hmm. good 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 I like and that. also before we go i just want to let you know that we did get an instagram ourselves up oh, and running that's right so find us on insta and follow us where we just get started so we'll be adding a lot of a lot of stuff that's going on in the studio so you can find us at not everyone gets a trophy um, thank you for tuning into our show. Yes, Jordan, mm-hmm. thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, you are starting me. this 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 career, and I'm so excited for you. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, listening to life. Uh, preach it, teach it, uh, and thank you so much. Heck yeah. Can I leave one? Absolutely, yes. absolutely. We always ask that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so this is, this is my favorite thing to tell people, and I'm trying to work it into my brand, but you are infinitely capable of change. Human beings are dynamic creatures. They're meant to be that way. So everybody, I don't care who you are, are infinitely capable of change. And I feel comfortable speaking to that based on my experience, but also because I've worked with young kiddos, I've worked with the elderly, and I've worked with people who have developmental disability. And it has been so humbling to see these different populations grow and develop even until their last breath. So don't give up. Don't give up. I love it. Happy Monday, guys. Adios. Catch us next week. Thank you. Thank you.